What's going on, everybody? It's the Rev Run Hunt, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. You already know what it is with your boy Red Dog himself. Welcome, everybody, to another now great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. You should call me your Sherpa, but like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And today, you see him right next to me. You find this man at Eclipse. You find this man at ROH. You find this man at KSWA. You find this man at RWA, 2WA. You find this man at Pit Fight. You find this man at BDWNOVW. That's right, Ohio Valley Wrestling. He is one-fifth of STP Shane Taylor promotion, and he is your current Eclipse heavyweight champion. He is the Reverend Ron Hunts. Man, you would have thought that I paid you for that intro, bro, man. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, that's, that's a good intro right there, man. I did not write any of that for him. I'm just letting y'all know now. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Bro, I uh, I genuinely, I, I think it's funny because, like, and full transparency, we talk about this all the time, but, like, when, before that light turns on, man, like, so he's like, hey, man, yeah, you know, we have to show. We're going to do this, 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 this. And then, like, the light turns on. And it's just, let's go. <laughs> you just, you just got to do it. You, you, feel, you feel that juice and you, you, you just get that adrenaline. You got to do it. Right, man. Yo, so, one, thank you for coming on our show, man. I appreciate this so much. No, nah, man, thank, thank you for having me, man. Def, definitely down to have a discussion, man. Any, any questions that you got, it's all on the table, man. So let's get it popping. Bet. So one thing we'll knock out of the way, right? So I talked about this with uh, Shane. I talked about this with Khan. I'm going to talk about this obviously with Moses as well as O'Shea whenever I get him on the show. But one of the matches that we always talked about last year, right, during 2021, we, we, we all talked about the big matches like, you know, Kenny and Daniel Bryanson or Brian Danielson. We talked about Kenny and uh, Daniel Bryanson, uh, Brian Danielson and, uh, you know, and Hangman. And we talked about all these cool matches with like Roman and Daniel Bryan and stuff like that, right? But one match that we, at this recap podcast on our debate show that we talked about and we told everybody you have to go check this out was the battle at Brooklyn with Prolific and STP. And, you know, it was cool getting back to to talk with Tyree about that match. It was cool to talk to Shane about that match. It was cool to talk to Khan about that match. So it's the only match that's been on the independent scene that has made the number one list on the Red Dogs power rankings, which is like it was massive, and I was like, "Yo, I was That's just a huge fan of the of the match." <laughs> yeah, it, it's been one of those things that you know we've been really focusing on, um, you know, all all throughout the the conception of Shane Taylor Promotions. That's been now a little over uh, two years on the national level, um, but it's been working even even prior to that. I think we're 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 pushing close to three, but uh, from the jump, it's been one of those things to where you know we didn't want to take the opportunity and the limelight that we had and to just keep it to ourselves. We wanted to use the power that we had, uh, the social media pool, um, the, uh, the, the weight and the respect that comes behind the names of all five of us individually and as a synchronized unit of Shane Taylor Promotions and use that ability to build up the next crop of people and or the people that we feel are already at a certain level and just didn't have the right moment to showcase what they could at the highest possibility of their own. 
And I think one of those top ones was, you know, j- just like you said, we were right there at uh, in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Man, let me tell you, that whole New York and New Jersey area, they know how to give you a live crowd, big match flow. And, you know, the state of New York, they are loud and they are proud. And that's what we like. You know, we're, we're the type of people that, you know, we we talk our stuff because we know that we can back up our stuff individually as all five of us and as a unit at St. Terrence. We back it up. I mean, you look at all of our track records as individuals, we've been backing it up. Every single one of us on individual level has held some type of title and or multiple titles at the same time. And then even as a unit, you add on simply the things as like our tag team titles, our six-man world tag team titles, Um, you know, even saying with the television title. This is what we've been doing. So that Brooklyn show, uh, you know, I know it meant a lot to uh, Prolific and and all of them, and especially with with Tyreek, but uh, it meant even more for us. You know, we always want to be the type of people that people can say, you know, I doubted myself a little bit, but, you know, I had this match and it woke up something in me that gave me a new fresh hunger and a new outlook on this business. And that's what we're trying to do as a crew. You know, we're trying to build the life of professional wrestling and, and, and build that satisfactory of don't listen to what everybody else says. Believe in yourself. There can't be no other bigger supporter but you. If you don't support yourself, it don't matter how many high fives people are giving you. You're going to go home. And you're not going to be satisfied ever with your work. So, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we, we can look back on that match, look back at that event as a whole, shout out to Jobber Tears podcast and them having that Jobber Slam, um, you know, that's been one of the things, you know, we, we want to help grow not only um, professionally as a whole, but individually for our people and, and, and put on for our culture and put on for our people. And that match was just one of them. And I think that was, that was a very solid uh, favorite for a lot of us, you know, that night in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, what I really liked about that match, too, was just like, because it was funny, and I I told Tyree this, too. I was like, dude, I did not know you were in a tag team, right, with Shane until I did the research, and I found it. Yeah. So when I see almost like a mirror of what Shane has done to what Tyree has done, right, like to see those, those six individuals just standing at the ring looking at each other and like, the first two obviously are like, yo, we got respect. And then you get to Shane and Tyree and they're just, and, you know, Tyree's side of the story was like, ah, nah, I ain't about this. I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to fuck you up. And I loved every minute of it. I was like, this is like the, the heat and the, the, the hate that you could feel in that ring at that time. I was like, dude, this is like, this is another level of storytelling that I don't think a lot of people are going to appreciate just yet. But once they start like really investing some time and watching, they're going to understand like what real, like, that's just good selling because I'm going to be honest, Marcus, you, he got his ass kicked a lot, but you're going to get into a lot of like when and where is going to be like proper selling techniques and when and where is going to be proper time to like get your shit in and let people know like where you stand. Because, you know, there was a point where like even like when I was when I was watching, like Tyree had an opportunity to pin Khan. But instead, he just stared over at Shane and just gave him the coldest stare. And I was like, I can't wait, man. I just that's just how I was about the you're, whole. You're, you're just waiting for that time for, yeah. for like the Bulls to finally lock on. You're like, when it, it's going to happen, the tension is building. But when is it? When exactly is it going to happen? <laughs> exactly, yo. But we could talk about this match all day, and I could just dive into every piece of it. But it's not about that match, man. It's about you. So I got to know right off the jump, man, who is Ron Hunt? Man, Ron Hunt is the savior of professional wrestling. The one and only, the 
Rev. There's a reason why there's the at the beginning. I'm the one and only. And, uh, you know, Ron, Ron Hunt is the type of guy that when I get into that ring, I got to do what I got to do. And when I do what I do to the best of my ability, I always leave the fans not only with an out-of-body experience, but I leave my opponent with the out-of-body experience. And that's what I've been doing for, for over a decade now. And um, so that, that's, that's, the, that's the main thing. You know, I'm out here, you know, trying to get this mission done. You know, you see a lot of things happening within the sport. My goal is for me to refresh the eyesight of those that can't see the way that they need to be seen within this sport of professional wrestling. And uh, if that takes me having to get a little aggressive, that takes me getting a little violent, <laughs> so be it. It's nothing personal. Business is just business. And, and that's, that's what we say. Business is just business. You know, hey, hey, if a couple of teeth get knocked out, hey, business is business. Don't take it personal. I'll, I'll buy you. I'll buy you a bottle of Aquafina. You know, some Novocaine <laughs> after the match. But from bell to bell, it's it's on and popping. It, it's it's just on. <laughs> Listen, I don't care what anybody has to say. Okay, wrestling is the only sport that's sanctioned by God. So I don't care. <laughs> so we gonna that fight. We gonna fight it out. <laughs> we gonna we gonna fight it. We gonna fight it out. It, it, it's about it's about to be Mufasa and Simba all over again. Somebody <laughs> somebody going down. Yeah. And it ain't gonna be me. It ain't gonna be the Rev Ron Hunt. That's what it's not gonna be. So <laughs> bet, man. But I'm just curious, like, how did you get into the sport? Like what got you started? Yeah, so so I definitely say it was 1997, <clears throat> 1997, 1998. I was watching WCW Bash at the Beach. And um, you know, Eddie Guerrero was the the main person that really hooked me as a fan. Um, and I think, you know, even when people look look back through a lot of things that I've done, it's always paid some type of tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Um, so that was uh, that was about 1998 bash at the beach. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Travo. The loser had to cut their hair and everything like that. And just to see the connection that Eddie could gravitate the crowd to, uh, the, the energy, the, the adrenaline was there. You know, you felt his heart. You felt his desire. You, you saw a guy that loved this business with every ounce in him and that respected it to the fullest. And I didn't know... All of that is what circumference me wanting to go from a fan to saying, I got to do this. I get this wrestling itch. But, you know, looking at it now, I can't say it was all of that kind of formulated into one. And, um, you know, it was it was you know, it was years upon years later. Um, I had that conversation with, you know, with my parents I'm <clears throat> back in about 2008, 2009. And um, I told him, I said, listen, you know, I want to be a pro wrestler you know and it's one of those conversations that pretty much if you talk to anyone you know you either get well i'm in support of it or what the heck are they thinking <laughs> and uh so the, the main the main thing was it was a little bit back and forth my you know my father was a boxer uh he boxed before and while he was in the military uh helped train a couple of guys in the olympics back in those times and uh so you know ring sport was ring sport and combat sport was in the blood naturally uh, I just went the crazier route where I can swing chairs and put people through tables and not get arrested. So, so, uh, but, but yeah, the, 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 the support, the support was there. Um, it was, it was, it was push and pull. Uh, I, I think it definitely just because, you know, they're my parents and they didn't want me to get hurt and they wanted to make sure I had an education to fall back on. So the agreement was, you know, they would help me kind of facilitate this crazy dream to a certain extent. However, I had to promise them that I was going to get some type of higher ed education, uh, you know, whether it was 
uh, you know, an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. Uh, but I, I had to, I had to go to college, you know, at least have a fallback plan. And I said, listen, deal. I was going anyway. I wasn't one of those type of guys like I ain't going. No, I'm gonna go anyway. So I was like, easy, let's run it, you know. And uh, so, so yeah, two, 2011 was you know finally that that year that I decided to get my foot into the business. Um, I was training down in Florida, but off of the Wild Simone with the Wild Simone Pro Wrestling Training Center, and uh, and literally the the rest is history. Um, you know, when when you go down with a lens like that, um, they don't give you you don't get the pleasure of having that name backing you unless you get through the ringer and they're going to make sure because if you're a product of that environment um there's a deep 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 wrestling lineage that comes from the Samoan dynasties deep it's continuing deep even for for those of you that 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 have not been following when you look at guys like uh Roman Reigns when you look at the Usos when you look at even uh, uh, Tamina, she's connected, you know, still within that bloodline. <clears throat> um, you look at one, you look at uh, uh, one of their cousins with MLW. Uh, you look at you look at guys like Samu, uh, Lance. The list goes on. Rikishi, um, uh, Umaga. The list goes on. The the wrestling history and the lineage behind that is deep. So you must come out on the top tier that you can because you're already going to be put in the bubble of people thinking that you know. You think you're better, but you got to go in prepared. You got to go in. Uh, listen, I'm going to get my behind kick and they're going to make sure that I respect this business before I graduate. And so that was the thing. Best decision of my life. Honestly, the best decision of my life. Um, not only did it teach me things in wrestling, but it taught me life values that, that I continue to instill today uh, individually and as a professional connected, you know, within Shane Taylor Promotions and how we operate our team. And um, we, we keep it moving, you know. We keep it moving. So your boy, your boy, been going strong, man. Your boy been going strong. <laughs> it's funny because you bring up like the Soma Dynasty, man, and like just everybody that's connected into that world. It's it's crazy because you know even like Solo like is in right now, you know, and he's tearing it up like on NXT, and then you're gonna see, you know, even like Nia Jax still gets uh, wrapped into that as well. Yep. So, yeah, the the family like you when you get through that that system like yeah you're on a level with very far and few in between so yeah that's awesome though that you graduate from that school though yeah yeah def def definitely a blessing dude so i'm curious man because you said they do beat you up so now i'm gonna have to know what's the hardest you've been hit oh man now are we are we, are we talking about from training or wrestling as a whole let's just let's just <laughs> you know what why not both <laughs> um I, I, I would I would say tra training wasn't anything out of the ordinary, um, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't any hazing or anything like that. But what people have to understand is that pro wrestling is not a pillow fight, um, and and you must be able to wrestle. You must be able to wrestle in an environment to where um, you know you're you're tired and you still got to go. So it was very physical, very physical there. And, um, and and I think that was a whole part of the course. And I think, you know, any uh, wrestling trainer would be wrong if they didn't try to talk you out of the business before you got started or give you the nitty gritty to say, listen, I told you so. But if you make it through that, I truly believe that there's another level of respect and appreciation for the form of professional wrestling once you make it through a ringer such as that. Uh, so, so I would say nothing felt like it was hard because every day felt the same. You know, put ice packs on when you get, <laughs> when you get back. But uh, but I would say uh, overall, 
Um, the hard, the hardest I've been hit has probably been with the steel chair, uh, and it kind of, kind of knocked me loopy and on dream shit where I didn't remember the second half of the match. Uh, and then somehow, I guess that's when your body just kicks, you know, your body just kicks in its, na- its natural fight or flight instinct. And uh, it looked good on DVD. It, it looked good on TV. <laughs> Do I remember the second half of it? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, so, so that that's that's it, man. You know, um, not not really anything more. You know, on the on the on the hand to hand type of thing, because people know, like, listen, you know, if you if you hit me hard, man, you better hope you knock me out because I'm gonna hit you ten times harder. So that probably makes sense why my hardest has been with the steel chair because they probably really did try to get <laughs> they probably really did try to get me out, man. But it, it's it's all love, man. It's 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 the it's the nature of the beast, man. It's put up a shut up, man. Fight it out, man. So we still here, man. We still kicking. So okay, so then we talk about like the hardest you've been hit, obviously with the steel chair. But I got to know then, what's the worst bump you've taken? I probably I probably gave it to myself. Uh, I, I, ju- I jumped off. I was uh, I was wrestling one of the, uh, one of my good friends now, uh, Jordan Styles. <clears throat> we had about a two year long feud, not about a year long feud. His head got a little too big. He thought that he was the man. You know, he wanted to try to take me out and thought I couldn't win without him. So we had a street fight match, and uh, I had this bright idea that hey, I'm gonna beat this dude up. I'm going to bring this table out. I'm going to put them on a table. And then there's this big, giant scaffold staircase, and they change uh, light bulbs. If anyone's familiar with the West Newton Gymnasium, where uh, RWA Pro Wrestling runs here in Pennsylvania, uh, very large ceiling. So they need a giant, uh, you know, a giant step scaffold to go. I decided to set this bad boy up, and I'm going to jump off this thing. Um, until I realized when I climbed up there, it was too high. And I said, listen, I had this conversation. I was like, listen, Ron, you can't be no punk, dog. You got to do this. The crowd is cheering your name. You can't walk down the steps like nothing happened because you're scared. And I don't mind heights. It was just a little too high for me to know. I was thinking about jumping off this. So I swallowed my pride and I just went for it. And, uh, and you know, I, I think I might have like slightly fractured some ribs. Uh, but once again, <laughs> it's nature and the beast. But I remember I was in mid-air, and uh, you it's like one of those movies where, like, it pauses, and you're like, <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got here. It was one of those, and I'm just like, listen, I'm either going to die, and they're going to have a nice 10-bell salute this next show, or I'm going to live and be a legend and tell this story, and uh, God picked the living side, which I appreciate, because I didn't want my 10-bell that early. But that was that was the worst. That was the worst. Between that and someone slamming me through a uh, uh, through a through a table, those those always suck. So I try to stay away from tables unless I'm putting somebody through them. So <laughs> God bless, dude. Like even for me, like I think it was like my third week of like training, and I saw Kira Tazawa do his like giant senton off the top rope, and I was like, I'm gonna try that too. And I did, and I promised myself I would never do it again. Yeah, all the air just left, and I knew I was, and I was young, and it was cold, mind you, because I train outside, so it was cold. It was like, you know, I think it was like twenty degrees outside, and I jump and I do this spot, Ooh. and the mats were so tight. <laughs> I just never remember like all the air leave my lungs, and my trainer was like, "Sucks, don't it?" And I was like, "All of it." 
Oh, that's They're so like, listen, I don't, I don't want it anymore. I'm going to go home. He thought he thought that was it. He was just like, all right, this is the moment where he leaves. And like two years later, here I am back. And he's just like, I don't understand. No quit spirit, man. Mm-mm. You got no time for that. Uh, all right, so then I got to ask, man. So let's just say you're on a show. You just get done with your match, man. What's that post-match meal, post-match snack that you got to have? Let me tell you, man, I know this is going to be a big thing because uh, I know we got some Sheets versus Wawa people. But I'm going to tell y'all, man, I'm finding the Sheets. I don't care. I don't care. I'm finding one. And if there's a Wawa, I'm driving past it. You want to know why? Because Sheets is my baby girl. <laughs> but that's, yeah, man, I, I do I do my I do my Sheets runs, man. Yeah, I got I to gotta do it, so. Uh, I would think the the uh, the big thing is uh, give me give me a foot long hoagie, <clears throat> give me one of those giant guzzler uh, giant guzzler cups and give me some sweets and then we on and popping you know we we hitting we hitting the next town now however if I am in the state of Ohio um, only because I miss them so much uh, I'm a, I'm gonna find me a raisin cane I'm a, I'm gonna find me a raisin cane if you don't know what that is you missing out. I, I guess I am because I have not been a part of that yet, so I'm going to definitely you, have you, to hit that up. You got, you got. Ask Shane about it. Ask next time you talk to Shane. Ask Shane about it. <laughs> you know what's funny is that you bring that up, and there was a great story that he had brought up too. He was talking about how, because uh, we talked about like In and Out burgers just being average, right? Like it's not, it's not special. Like even if you get like the animal style, yeah, a little above average. But he was telling the story about um, Smoothie King. I think it was PJ Black that was with him, and he was like. All right, man, let's just go stop and get this movie. He's like, I wanted this to be so much trash just so I could talk shit. He's like, but the moment I break out, I was like, you know what? All right, this, this is okay. <laughs> so, like, some, sometimes, sometimes you got to eat your own words, man. And uh, we, I mean, we, we've, been, we've been to a few places to where we're like, yo, this is going to be good. And like, it goes above your expectations. But um, there's definitely been those times where we've been to places and we're like, all right, um, y'all ready to leave after this? We'll just order some pizza and call the night at the ho- at the hotel. Like this is crazy. Uh, we've been to both places, <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think I think we all surpassed the uh, uh, the Waffle House days. Nothing wrong with Waffle House, but we all surpassed those days now. So we we trying to be on the bigger and better things, you know. Yeah, I was surprised when I was in Jersey and there was this taco place that we hit. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but. It was me and like my trainer and a bunch of other guys. We all went there and we all ordered food. And like the kid was like the the front person was thrown off because like what do you guys do? And we're like, well, we all wrestle. And they're like, oh, okay. And like as we get to joke and talk with them and stuff, they realize like, oh no, no, you're serious. And like, yo, it was the best taco spot. And I just I can't wait to go back <laughs> just to get it. <laughs> I just now, now if, you, if, if you if you haven't hit any taco places, man, I definitely say hit, get out to the SoCal area, man. Get out there to California, man. They oh, do yeah. the best street tacos ever. Get 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 you get you one one of the old older Hispanic people that's back there, you know, whipping it up in the kitchen. Listen, it's on. It's on. I'm not even gonna front. If I hit up a spot, right? So I'm I'm Latin and I make my own enchiladas, right? And I'm I'm actually Panamanian, so it's funny to even say this. But as a Panamanian, I make my own enchiladas, right? And I compare my enchiladas to any restaurant's enchiladas, right? If my enchiladas are better than your enchiladas, we, my family, we don't go back. So I'm like, why am I paying for your? 
why am I paying for your basura when I can make it myself and make it better? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Always, it's like, why I always do go it? down. <laughs> one time. You got one time to impress me or disappoint me. You better hope you're on the impressing side. That's how, that's how we always looked at it. Yeah. I stopped at this. There was this place like right, right around the corner where I live. And my wife was like, yo, we got to go try it out. It looks really good. We did. We ordered enchiladas. And I was like, nah, we never coming back. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, this, ain't, this ain't it. This nah. ain't it, honey. This ain't it. And it's not even being conceited. I just know that I make great enchiladas. Listen, my father-in-law, who hates Mexican food, had my enchiladas and was like, I will eat this. And I was like, that is a win. <laughs> now, 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 you know, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on. I'm going to put you on blast, dog. So, yeah. If you know you're coming to a show that I'm on, I expect an enchilada. <laughs> Bet I got you. I got you. I'll find I'll find a microwave if you don't got a thermal <laughs> container to keep that boy warm. But I'm a, I'm gonna give it a test, and then you can record it and you can use it for the podcast. It'll be a commercial if it's banging. Bet. I'm gonna be a tough critic though. That's fine. That's fine. You know what's great though, man, is that like I've been I've been making them for years, and I've been like mad excited every time I get to make them because. Like, I'll send you pictures because I know I have pictures of, like, what it looks like right before they get cut open. So I'll, I'll definitely send you, like, right after, right after this to show you. So let's hop into it, man. I got to know because this is, like, my one of my favorite questions to ask. And I've only been asking this for probably about the last three, four months now. But what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in this, in this business, in this sport? Yeah, I think one of the hardest lessons is, um, you know, you, ne- you never stop learning. Um, and I, I think, you know, more if we're really getting you know, more particular with that, um, I think that's a hard lesson for a lot of people to understand. You know, you really get to a point where you feel like you've been enlightened um, a lot. And actually, it's it's not a hard lesson. I would say it's more of a, a of a humbling and amazing lesson. Um, yeah, I got you. So like you never stop learning. And um, I think it's, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, you get to this point that you're enlightened and you feel like, you know, you're at right at this right part. But then you realize maybe a week later you're in there with someone that has been at an even higher tier or has been at the same tier that you are, but for a longer year. So they have more of an experience at that level. And I think that's the really that's the really cool thing about it. Um, you know, I think I've been very fortunate even throughout the years to see guys that I remember seeing in the ring when I went to my first live show. Now, you know, these people are co-workers and these, some of these people I'm able to actually call a, a friend and a brother that, that shoot me messages, you know, when they're like, Hey, just check me. You've seen if everything's good type of thing. Um, but then, you know, there's a time you just get to just chill, sit under the learning tree and get more information. Um, so, so I think that that's one of the hardest lessons overall for any wrestler in general. I think all of us want to get to a point where you feel like we got this thing on lock. We know exactly what to do. We know exactly how to structure this. We know exactly how to do this. And then someone says, whoa, you know, I like this. If you would have did this, 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 but right here, and then this, 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 and move it there. Then you're like, why didn't I think about that? That You got a good point. That's the learning aspect of it. So um, I think that that's the biggest thing. And I always try to tell everybody, including my students, um, you know, if you if you ever get to a point that you feel like you know it all, it's time for you to leave the business. It, it just it just is because you can't at that time you will no longer be coachable and you you will no longer uh, be teachable. And, that, and that's a big thing that I've taken with me all the way through 
playing school sports into the professional realm. If you're not coachable, you could be the best athlete out there, but if you're not coachable, no one can do anything with that. And um, so, so that's, 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 I think that's the hardest one so far, but you know, it's, it's humbling. And I think when people get it, the earlier they get it, the easier and the quicker they begin to grow in this business. I think that's, that's such an important factor is like people being coachable because we talked about it on your live last night on TikTok. Uh, we were talking about like, cause I walk around with a book, like I have my book with me everywhere. Like even in places that like normally you wouldn't even take it. Right. So like uh, I take it to my, to my shoot job. Right. And I'll take it to, cause I might be traveling or I might hear something and I'll just want to jot it down real quick. Right. So, I mean, like I go back and I listen to all these episodes. I look for little things that might, I might've missed the first time around, but I definitely write down everything. Cause I'm like, yo, this is important. And I think that's when you're, and like you said, like when you're, you're in a team sport, like, you got to be able to like be flexible and learn and you got to treat yourself as, as one CM Punk would say a white belt for life. And that's something that I constantly yeah. have to remind myself that like, as long as you're staying humble and hungry, you're never going to be satisfied and full and you're always going to be striving to get more. So I always try to break myself just enough to where I'm like, yeah, I got to learn more about that and then go get it or just wait and then just write it down and come back later and know that there's something else waiting for me to learn. Cause in this in this in this sport, man, this is something I've learned, and I learned it through like this this experience of having this podcast. Is just that everybody has something that they want to give to the sport, give back to it to make it better. And as long as you're listening and looking, if you're looking for it and you're listening for it, you're gonna find it. And so I definitely appreciate like whenever I get to bring on guests and just ask them for advice, man. So it's kind of cool that you're saying like you're giving that all back to your students. I, absolutely. And I think that's that's the whole like, you know, pay it forward type of thing, because I'd be lying if I told you that I that I just thought that I was the, you know, the 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 learning product. You know, for example, you know, I had a, had a good friend of mine, actually, you, you and I both know him, uh, uh, Mad Max, um, that, you know, we, we were able to have a conversation uh, just about some things. And um, he sent me a link with a bus with uh, one of the uh, Busted Open podcasts and, and Bully. Listen, Bully, Bully Ray is a humongous supporter. Uh, of Shane Taylor Promotions, you know, anytime we have something going, he makes sure to retweet, retweet it. Uh, you know, get uh, STP topics on Busted Open Radio. <clears throat> and uh, one of the things was, you know, it was a link just talking about the art of the business and some things that make uh, the art of the business a little bit easier. And um, you know, really breaking things down in regards of structuring and mindset. And I shared it with our students, and I said, "What I want you guys to do, I'm like, take about 25, 30 minutes out of the day." I want you to listen to this with a notebook or with something that you could take notes off of. Make your notes on what you got out of this. And I'm like, I'm going to do the same exact thing. I'm going to do the same exact thing. In our next class, I want you to bring your notes and we're all going to compare notes because I want to see what you drew out of it from your own thinking and how everyone else thought about it. And then also what I drew out of it. And then when it's all said and done, if it's done right, it's a learning curve for everybody. And uh, and I, I think I think that that's the big thing. So never get to a point that you feel like um, you you know it all or, you know, you need to be at X amount level. Maybe you do need to be at this level. But guess what? There's also different learning avenues that you will take along that way to help you remain at that level. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to keep your spot there. And and that's the that's the beautiful thing about the journey, man. So even, even for me, I'll forever be a student of the game. And uh, if I wasn't a student of it, I guarantee Offa will give me a call. I'll randomly find him or him or Offa Junior, and they'll they'll probably uh, they'll probably teach me an old school lessons. So. <laughs> it's it's wild for me too, because like I like I'm 
you know, I'm older in this, in this game and by like age wise, not experience wise. Cause obviously like I've only been for like two years, but what I've learned though, is that like, as you're, as you're progressing, there are levels to this game and you, it's not even a, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Cause like in the military, you treat it as time and service, right? But there's more like a time and grade, like as you progress up in each rank, you're going to learn more. And then the more you, you, when you get to that level, like you're still always learning, right? Cause you always have people who are, who have been doing it longer than you or can do it just as I say more efficiently than you can. And so I, I'm always appreciative of just like picking people's brains, getting that little bit of advice and then uh, going back and you brought up like busted open, right. With the masterclass was something I definitely like every time I see a new episode of the masterclass. So first thing I go, that, to that was to. it. Yep, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I love the masterclass. It's always like, there's, so much to just like pick off of and just like and listen to like especially like Mark Henry man ever since he got out of his WWE contract like he has just laid like the truth down to everybody about what they need to do and where they need to be and how they're gonna get there and I was like man this is this is what people need to be listening to so you talk about it how you had your own students you have your own uh, your own school. I'm just curious, man, like what kind of advice do you usually give to like up and coming wrestlers? Yeah, I think, I think it's one, one of those main things. So I'm actually one of, one of our uh, assistant trainers. We're down here at the uh, Stronghold Wrestling Academy, uh, just about 45, 50 minutes outside of downtown Pittsburgh area. Uh, first class, Brandon Kay and Dean Radford are two of our head trainers. If you guys are familiar with them, that's where you have seen guys like uh, Lee Moriarty, who is uh, currently on the AEW roster. He's a product of the Stronghold Wrestling Academy. Uh, Lady Frost with Impact Wrestling. She's a product of the Stronghold Wrestling Academy. Uh, another up-and-comer that hopefully will be making some big moves soon, Nikita Knight. Uh, once you start hearing her name in the waves and some different things that she's doing, she's a product of the Stronghold Wrestling Academy. And I even, I even think with them, you know, I think it's just a bunch of good brothers really just coming together and understanding the importance of knowledge and the environment that we want to set is, um, you know, coming to this thing with open ears and a closed mouth. And that's, that's a universal lesson that, that you would hear any, anywhere that has a solid school is ears open mouth shut. Um, there's no room for excuses um, because if you're making an excuse, that means you're not accepting the constructive criticism and that everything that is, that is a, not everything that is being criticized is doing so because someone doesn't like you. Um, there's a difference between, you know, receiving a bunch of bashfulness and a bunch of hate versus constructive criticism. Uh, so we try to tell people come into this with an open mind, come into it with your work boots on and, and, and your, and your, you know, your work hat on. And let's get ready to get to work. But once we start getting to work, ears open, mouth shut. And and that's the main thing. And I, I think, you know, giving credit to Brandon Kay and Dean Radford for really setting the tone for that, the Stronghold Wrestling Academy, is, you know, it's a time where everybody feels welcomed. But at the same time, it's a we don't put up with BS type of place. And um, And I think that that's something that really sets the tone. Like when students walk into the door, they know when we walk in, it's not about what happened outside of the walls of the training academy. It's about what we're doing right now. Leave the outside stuff out there. This is business. This is work. This is what we come to do. And um, all the students there are great. You know, all of them come in with a mindset of let's really get to it. Um, or, you know, we're, 
you know, if, if not, you know, they're, they know that they're comfortable with pulling us to the side and talking about real life issues so we can clear their mind and then they can get in the ring and do what they can do best. And uh, I think that that's the big thing, you know, building that trustability, um, not only between coaches and students, but also building that accountability between the students themselves. So they're able to hold each other accountable as well. And they do a tremendous job at that. And I think that's why Stronghold Wrestling Academy is one of the top schools, not only in the greater Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania area, but the nation as a whole. Yeah, I like that too. And it's just great that that one thing that you said, right? Like set the trust foundation and then accountability. Like those like the two big things that you really should be focused on. Like, you know, you're, you're in, you're in to do a job. Like you're not into like, yeah, you know, like I get it. Like something I do, I love joking with my friends and stuff like that during the ring. But like, once we get in between those ropes, man, I'm like, yo, I want to get to business. Like I want to get through all this. And I say it all the time. Like I want to get through all the fundamentals because I want to have fun. I was like, and if yes. I can't have that fun because you guys want to sit here and bullshit and cock grab each other and talk about stuff. Like I ain't trying to be in here. Like you guys yep. take care of your business and get out of my ring while I get in here and try to get business done. Cause that's what I want to do. So I definitely, I real talk. Definitely <laughs> no, you, yeah, you, you hit it. You hit it on the head, man. Real talk. Well, it's like, and it's one thing for me, right? Like I told, like I said, like I'm turning 37 this year, man. Like, I only have a window. Get out so big. Like I gotta go. Baby face turning thirty seven. I know. <laughs> I was like, I got a window, man. Like that shit is closing. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got like this massive window because you're like, oh, I've started at eighteen. Like, cool. I didn't. I gotta go. Like, hey, don't, hey don't don't let uh, don't let Diamond Dallas Page know that. No, 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 no. Because you know what? Like I started just like Diamond Dallas Page, and I'm well aware of what he did. Like into his fifties, it's just. I'm also realistic in the sense that if I want to get to where I want to get to, you got to make a lot of noise really fast and then learn a lot. So that's why I was like, this podcast is great for that because I can always go back. I can look at more lessons or I can go to um, if I if I'm talking to people. And plus, this is the other part, too. That same 18 year old kid that started and he's just like, I don't know what to do in this. What I'm going to do Bet check out this podcast because it's it's literally wrestling 101. (laughs) So get it in. Besides that, man, you've been in a lot of different places. You've been in a lot of different locker rooms. So the very next question I have for you is, I need one do and one don't of the locker room. Yeah, I I would definitely say, you know, one of the do's is, uh, first of all, if you're the first person at a company, um, you know, definitely find the, the, you know, the, the booker, the producers, the agents, whoever they are. Uh, shake hands. You know, I'm I'm very traditional with that. You know, I'm the type of person that and some people are still a little bit different. Um, even before the whole pandemic, when all of us went to like fist bumps and distant waves. But um, I, you know, I go around and, and make my rounds both as soon as I get there and right before I leave to just make sure I kind of shake hands with everyone. If I can't get to everyone, I give them a big old you know, especially at the end of the show, if I can't fully get there, I want to just, you know, just see everybody. But when I definitely get there, you know, make my rounds with each and every person. And, um, you know, I think that that starts with the whole mentality of this business. Uh, we're all in this business together. Yeah. When, when lose or draw, uh, we are all in some way, shape or form trusting each other uh, with our bodies in somebody else's hands. The bare minimum I can do. Uh, is be as professional as possible and greet them with a good firm handshake. And uh, a lot of people don't know just how much of a long way that goes. And if you do have some OGs in the locker room, uh, how much heat you can get if you don't do it. <laughs> so, 
I've seen it happen. People got heat for years. Why would happen? Well, I didn't shake my hand back in 2014. I'm like, well, I'll be there. You know, so um, I think that that's one of the, that's one of the main things. Uh, that's a definite do for me. Um, you can always gauge after the first time. Some people just don't like their handshaking. But, you know, at least for that first time, I would say that that's a definite do. You must shake everybody's hand. Um, that's just a professional and courteous thing to do uh, in our art form. That shows respect for everyone that's doing exactly what you're doing. Um, one of one of the uh, big don'ts, uh, and and I mean a huge don't, and it's a, a universal thing. And although I'm, it's sad that in year 2022, uh, I have to say this now: um, if your significant other is not a professional wrestler uh, or connected at all. Do not bring them in the locker room. Do not. That is a no, 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 no. Uh, if for some reason you are deciding to, uh, this goes for not only significant guys, but any family member, um, make sure you clear it with management, whatever the management is at that company. Um, the locker room is considered sacred. Uh, it's considered for, you know, both the the uh, the men and the women um, uh, or anyone that respectfully uh, goes by any pronoun that is on that particular show. Um, that is their time. That is, that is that sacred ground. A lot of magic um, that should not be exposed goes on behind that curtain. And we don't want to ruin that sacrecy uh, of the fraternal brotherhood of pro wrestling. Uh, so those are, those, are, those are just the main top two uh, uh, to do in the locker room. And then wipe your feet off before you get into the ring. You know, yes. I, I don't I don't you know, I don't, I don't want no, you know, no, no dirt, no mud going to my eye. Hopefully you don't got street shoes on in the ring, you know. But just for the courtesy of it, please wipe your feet off. <laughs> Facts. It's funny, though, man, because, like, uh, my little one, uh, she's not – I don't want to say she's training because she doesn't really train. But she does know how to move from a wrist lock to a hammer lock to a headlock. And she does know how to do an international spot, although she claims she doesn't. She does. And, like, so I see her work, and I know she can. But every once in a while, like, we, I take her with me to practice, like, all the time. Or I, was just, I said she probably – She's probably missed probably a handful of times, like just being at practice. But she goes with me pretty much all the time, so she understands like the inner workings of like how things work. So whenever uh, we were at a show, I uh, I brought her with me, and she just sat with me in the back, and like guys were like coming up and talking to her, and she was like talking game back with them. So it was definitely kind of fun to watch, and then she awesome. has like she has like no fear, which is even crazier. But I don't know, it might run the blood. <laughs> It might, it might. But the thing about wrestling, and people know this, that we all have like a screw loose, and I hope that's not what she has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what they that's what they always say. So I I said, you know, uh, if slash when whenever I do have a daughter, oh God have mercy on her soul. Um, <laughs> I I I would have to have a come to Jesus moment uh, if she ever wants to get involved in wrestling. Uh, we have not had this conversation with Shane. Uh, if his baby girls ever want to get involved in wrestling, but we did <coughs> all come to the common consensus that uh, God have mercy on whoever they date, because it's going to be like the addition of bad boys, uh, except with <laughs> not just Will Smith and, and, uh, and uh, Martin, but it's actually going to be uh, Shane and all the rest of her four STP uncles that are right. big and bad. Uh, and we already said that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so God have mercy on whoever they date. And if they do get involved in the wrestling business. <laughs> right. That's the one thing I was telling I was telling my wife, too. I was like, you know, like, if the school recalls because our daughter chopped somebody, the first question that you better ask is, what did that person do 
to deserve that. Because <laughs> hey. hey. the one thing I will tell, I tell my daughter and she says it and I post this, I'll have her come say it too. She will tell you, we don't, we don't start fights. We just finish them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that that's exactly how, how my, my father was, you know, going back to when he was boxing, you know, we had a heavy bag. <clears throat> we, had, we had a heavy bag in our basement. Um, you know, for individual work. And <clears throat> I mean, on a daily basis, we would do rounds down there da- daily. You, know, you, you would think it's like Rocky, like we're, we're, we're going like, you know, four or three minute rounds and stuff like that, working on different things. He's calling different shots. And the whole thing was, he was like, if I ever find you in school, just going around, just knocking dudes out, we're going to be done with this. Um, this is meant for you to protect yourself. It just should not be something that you should be bragging about that you know how to do. But if you do have to use it, let people know when it's too late. Just make sure that they swing first. And it was the same thing. You know, don't start a fight. Stop. You know, you ju- you're just the one to end it. And uh, there's a couple times. Listen, I, I, I have ended successfully a few fights. And one was a two-on-one handicap match. And I was the one. Uh, so, uh and uh, those two brothers know what their name is if they do see this. So congratulations. <laughs> you got your plug right here from the Rev Ron Hunt. But uh, on, on, on national podcast, I did whoop you and your brother on the school bus. You're welcome. <laughs> Bet. Well, those are all my heavy-hitting questions. So we got to get into the second best segment. And you're probably wondering what's the first. It's the Red Dogs Power Rank because we brought up at the top of the show. But this is the three-count podcast, ten-count questions. And, Ron, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Let's run it. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Uh And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite color? Orange. Live action or voiceover acting? Voiceover. (laughs) Favorite pastime? Football. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. Favorite movie? Ooh. Uh, you're going to Chris Brown is Borat. <laughs> Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite podcast? Your podcast. Yeah, because I'm on it. That's right. Right there. <laughs> you see it everywhere. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Uh, let me see here. I'm, I, I, I'm going to get ballsy on this one. I want you to complete it before you retire from this podcast. I need, I need, uh, I'll give you an easy one. I'll give you an easy one. I need Mark Henry. I was okay. going to say, I was going to say The Rock. He's a hard person to get in contact with. Some of us got the magic. I, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Okay. I know <laughs> I like that's it. a big one, man, but it's more doable. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show, favorite curse word. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I try, I try, I try to clean my dirty mouth up with with uh, with orbit, but I would, I would say this, I would say this. This is going to be a little, little more of, a, of the rough cheesy line. But my my favorite cuss word is can't. I don't like to hear it, and it's a dirty word. I don't want nobody saying it. It's good. You so can all do you whatever you put your mind to. It's like all you lint liquors out there, but it's not. Yeah, you, who you calling a lint liquor? I, I forgot the convert. Listen, I, 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 I've cut it. I've here's the thing that I that I've done. Because <laughs> every now and then, oh, every now and then, I would get ticked off <laughs> in the ring. You know, sometimes if something happens, I get jumped or whatever. And, you know, at those times where, you know, the devil really wants to get my tongue and I really want to say a few choice words, 
Every now and then they slip out and I clean up with orbit. But nine times out of ten, I realize that I don't have to say a word. The fans will say the word for me. So if I can't say something, I just hold the mic out and the fans finish the sentence for me. And that's been working out for me pretty well. So. <laughs> Bet. Well, <laughs> that's all the questions I have for you. So the Rev I just need I need you to let all of our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Yep, yep. You guys can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and absolutely Red Dog Notice to TikTok. Everything is the same. The Rev Ron Hunt. Shout out to the TikTok for right there for my girl. Yeah. But you can you can find me on all social media. The Rev Ron Hunt. I'm able to get back in contact with a lot of people no matter where you message me at. So let's have some fun on social media, y'all. Bet. There you go. There you have it. And you know, you know what that means. You got all these handles. That means we got to take this home, which means this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winter Ring. Like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. That's right. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right next to me, the Reverend Ron Hunt. So you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there or you just wait for this episode to end. You wait for that outro and then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Talk Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.